This is Nullius in Verba, a podcast about science, what it is, and what it could be. It's co-hosted by me, Smriti Mehta from UC Berkeley, and me, Daniel Lagens from Eindhoven University of Technology. In this episode, we continue our conversation on the anti-creativity letters and how creativity can flourish by talking about things that get in the way. Enjoy. There is another thing that I found um, that I recognized, but actually it's a lesson I also learned. It's something I first did wrong and then I learned to to not do this. And that is, um, he says, research is least yes. dangerous when it is most reactive. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh man, that yeah. is, you know. <laughs> hit, you, hit you where it hurt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is something that is like, you know, t-shirt t-shirt worthy in any yeah. case, but maybe even, uh, you know, almost tattoo it on your left arm or something. No, but that is because, and again, we talked about this before that you can, in the Schmess episode, that right. you can get suckered into a debate. You're like, oh, yeah. but they're wrong about this tiny thing. And you're getting into a reactive, you're reacting to other people. And he says this somewhere. I mean, he writes that, you know, the best thing you can basically do is see him recognize some uh, wrong study, mm-hmm. uh, come up with alternative explanations and have him redo the experiments yeah. with a major purpose of showing that he is cleverer than the original investigators. So you're doing reactive work. This is always tricky because you can do it. Sometimes it's even necessary, I would say. Sometimes you just have to respond to somebody who mm-hmm. wrote something. It's it's not a good suggestion or it's wrong or something. You have yeah. to point out like, okay, this is not right. So sometimes it's good to respond. Mm-hmm. But I've also figured out that it's actually better not to say this is wrong, but to think, but what is the right thing to do? Mm. And you can still sort of respond. You can take this problem But then instead of saying, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, you actually say, look, we agree with the problem, but the solution is over here. Hmm. And and that is what I prefer most of the time now. Yeah. So you say, look, I I realize what the issue is here. I'm not going to say why your solution is wrong, but I'm going to say why this other solution is actually the right thing to do. And it is still, you know, sort of reactive, you're responsing, but you're not reacting against the thing. You have another thing that you want to tell people about. And this is something that I learned to do because it's easy to get in, suckered into it. Um, So, but being less reactive, and I don't know if you would call it proactive or whatever, but you're pro something. You have something that you are moving towards that you think is worthwhile, um, that you promote. And yeah, so that is, I thought, really good advice. Yeah. Really good advice. And it's as Lakater said, right? Good criticism is always constructive. So I think instead of being reactive, Mm -hmm. if you can be constructive. And I do think that most of science progresses this way, right? It's not like, it's not like old scientists, you be like, oh, but Newton, he didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) You're like, no, but we now know better. And this is, this is how we make it better, right? You provide a better theory than the one yeah. that had been presented before. That's how it, it should always be, right? It shouldn't be, oh, that person is wrong. Well, that doesn't mean anything in science, right? That's not a, you, <laughs> a, 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 you know, all models are wrong. Some are useful. All yeah, theories are exactly. wrong. Some are useful, exactly. right? Yeah, Don't tell yeah, me yeah, that somebody's yeah. wrong. Tell me what is more right. Yeah. Yeah. 
there there's a super fun um anecdote that Paul Mills Paul Mill uh, talks about in his own lecture series mm. where he meets Skinner. Oh, so he's at nice. a party and Skinner is there uh-huh. and he was also doing uh, Mill was also doing rat research very oh, early yeah, yeah, on yeah. in his That's career. Oh yeah 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 that's right. Yeah he mentions it a lot in his lectures yeah. Yeah so he's doing this so and he has a point of criticism for Skinner. So he thought about something you know and he's like oh now I have him here, you know, at this party. <laughs> and I'm going to walk up to him and I'm going to tell him my criticism. Yeah. Um, so reacting against Skinner. And um, so he, he says in his lecture, yeah, I walked up to Skinner. Mm-hmm. I tell him my criticism. Mm-hmm. And Skinner just turns around and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and then... What a power move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the nice thing is, Mill says, and that's exactly the right thing he's supposed to do. He's not going to interact with my criticism. Other people can work out my criticism. He is off doing genius new stuff, the creative new stuff. He's not getting bogged down by somebody who says, oh, by the way, this minor thing here, this small finding of this thing in your theory is not perfect. (laughs) Like, let other people deal with those kind of things. I'm setting new, you know. And I think it's so nice. (laughs) Is it (laughs) <laughs> well, you shouldn't be. That's kind of rude, though. It's just rude to walk It, it away is a little from, bit rude. Yeah. I think it could definitely have been a little bit kinder. Like, oh, thank like, you, oh, young thank student. You. Yeah, That's but... such an interesting point you bring up. Thank you. I will think about it and then walk away. That would have been nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is also the point of, yeah, I mean, it's hard to find somebody who will care more about the critical aspect in science. Mm-hmm. You know, we agree. This is super important. We talked about it before, you know, uh, skepticism, but also in a previous episode on uh, rational criticism, mm-hmm. basically, right? Also very important. So I do really value this aspect of science, but it is not, if you are doing creative new things, yeah, that's not, they are not compatible. Yeah. So I think somebody like Skinner, if he just says, yeah, there are all sorts of loose ends in my theory and things wrong with it, but I'm now busy building a new thing here right. that I think hopefully is very interesting. And and, and for, for a while, I'm just going to ignore all the mistakes and the errors yeah. and the incomplete stuff. And I'm just going to focus on creating something new and then we'll see, uh, well, you know, yeah. and right. th- that is an interesting perspective, I yeah. think. And again, it is carving out the space for the creative aspect. Right. Yeah, but I will say that that reactive piece really resonated with me too because I think a lot of the push to do replications, I mean, of course, replications are really, really important in science. Mm -hmm. But I do think in some cases you see replications being done with almost like, you know, it almost feels like they're being done only to as a reactive thing of like, oh, telling somebody that they're wrong, that their theory is wrong and you're just Mm -hmm. wrong. Right? If you, because to me, it's like, well, if you really cared about the actual Mm -hmm. research, then you would not just, you, you would also, you would still replicate it. But then also say, yeah. yeah, how can we do it better, like you were saying, right? So I think that's why I think replication yeah. should be done by people who are trying to build on something. So, so yeah. you, you first replicate it and then you actually be like, okay, but then if that's not working, how do we make it work kind of a thing? So you should do it if you're interested in the in the research, not just because you're trying to replicate randomly from a yeah. set of things where you're like, oh, this is definitely not going to work. So let's show how it's not going to work. That I think is just not not that useful, right? That's reactive and it's just... Yeah, not not a helpful way to do science, I think. I, I definitely agree with you. It is not a constructive yeah. act right. at all. Um, the issue is that sometimes I think when we, for example, talked about the talk about social priming mm-hmm. research, which is one of the areas that probably has had most of these kind of replications mm-hmm. that you describe. Mm-hmm. Um, so where people are 
replicating studies where people are primed with some sort of social concept and mm -hmm. it influences their behavior in some way. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an area where cognitive psychologists for a very long time said, but this is just not possible mm. because the, we we came up with priming and it's super short-lived and it's not supposed to influence those things so there yeah, it is okay. just like in yeah, some cases the idea yeah. was wrong it needed to be pointed right. out like but this is not possible mm. and um, yeah there's no construction yeah. to be done yeah, so sometimes okay. that's the case and we've had those but i think otherwise uh, it is a, a good challenge for people who are committed to a certain field who want to see it improve and there is an idea that should mm -hmm. live on and be further developed there, I think you're completely right that if you are able to do a constructive replication yeah. and figure out what an issue is, that is the constructive part of science and the creative part. And yeah, better if you're able to do it, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. In some cases, it might be necessary to just tear something down because it needs to be torn down because it's uh, affecting other people and getting them to down. Getting It's like schmess, right? Yeah. It's just pure and schmess there... and you need to get in and unveil it as schmess. Yeah. Yeah, and there I think the problem is that the original research that you're tearing down should have gotten some criticism somewhere mm. else. So here I feel that we've been doing very creative, groundbreaking, exciting stuff, but then there hasn't been this criticism part. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's still important, you know, I mean, still important for criticism to uh, yeah. play its role, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so the other theme that comes up quite often in this piece is this idea of sort of social isolation, which just makes me a little sad, right? He's often talking mm. about getting lonely to sort mm. of network instead of making friends and, right, like mm. having working alone and working all the time and not even on stuff that he would enjoy. So sort of turn him into a work, like, you know, a workaholic yeah. with no social life, which yeah. also I feel targeted, <laughs> very targeted by. <laughs> and at a certain point, the the graduate student gets a relationship and then uh, oh yeah at the end you know, it's like oh you think it's gonna be terrible for him but actually yeah yeah exactly it will be actually a good thing right. you know you think that now you've done it but no 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 watch out this will actually be a good thing for them they yeah. will be very motivated and happy to go to work and stuff so it will be worse yeah yeah, yeah nice. and it's such a the sentence that there's a, such one nice nice sentence in there there's one sentiment he expresses so well where he says, oh, when a human's love life is going well, work is likely to be carried out with special joy and contentment, um, yeah. which I thought was so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's lovely because I think actually maybe people worry a little bit like, okay, oh, so if, if I, I have it, yeah. my social life is, you know, prioritized, it will basically it's saying prioritize your social life a little bit now and then because it will actually be good. And again, in moderation, you know, not just, uh, but, but yeah. I think it's lovely advice. Do you think it? Do you think this holds up? Do you think this is actually true? Oh, oh, absolutely. I definitely think it. Well, the well it depends, right? If by prioritizing your social life you mean you have to go on stupid dates, you know, that you get from like <laughs> dating apps, and no, that's that. I think is a total that goddamn waste of time. Um, <laughs> but if you actually do, you know, yeah, I think if people are in good, healthy, positive relationships, I actually think that is much better for creativity and just overall well-being. Yeah, if you're in sort of secure, happy relationships, I think that's very good, very good for your mental health and for just, yeah, for creativity yeah. and doing good work. Yeah. And I think even beyond a relationship, I think hanging out with friends oh, yeah. is Absolutely. exactly this sort Absolutely. of social thing he mentions yeah. in the beginning, like right. going, you know, talking with normal people normal about people. stuff. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I think normal people, uh, normal people, 
Okay, you should <laughs> civilians, <say> non scientists. <laughs> you know, people are not getting paid to make observations mm-hmm. about human beings. Sometimes have very nice observations about human beings. Not sometimes, oftentimes. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. to learn from people who actually interact with other people, right? Mm-hmm. A lot more than the rest of us do. Right. Yeah. A lot of the times yeah. we're just talking to people who are exactly like us doing exactly the same thing. But if you're in the service yeah. industry, if you're in retail, if you're actually in jobs where you have to interact with all kinds of people. Yeah. I think those people yeah. have a lot of insights. That's why bartenders, I mean, have you noticed? I don't know if this is true in the Netherlands as well, but here there's so many bartenders were former mm-hmm. psychology majors. It's the most fascinating <laughs> thing. And I'm like, yeah, this that is a perfect job. For somebody who's yeah. interested in psychology, because, you know, you like all these drunk people who are being more True. themselves. It's just uh, very fascinating. True. Yeah. I, I once uh, picked up a book from, you know, I don't know if you have those in your neighborhood, but we have oh, these yeah. free yeah, libraries on the side of yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And yeah. people put books in. And I picked up a book years ago that was about the psychology of literature or something. Mm-hmm. And the point was really a psychologist was saying, you know what you should do? You should read Tolstoy. Yeah. Um, you should read Tolstoy and reflect and learn yeah. and you will get very good ideas oh, yeah. from reading literature like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember when I read Anna Karenina, it sort mm-hmm. of struck me how insightful yeah. that like he would have. And I think those are the books that I like the most where you where they where the writer, where the author sort of bakes in insights about human psychology mm-hmm. in it like he and he does mm-hmm. that so much in that it's just yeah i could, yeah. Not, could not agree more yeah yeah and it's also a recommendation here in the letter to read books but actually the screw tape letters that this is built on are basically psychological observations about people and so i was reading the original screw tape letters and this also is an example mm. of a book which contains these great mm, psychological right. mm-hmm. insights and m- multiple times throughout the book i was just like oh i have somebody i know somebody who does exactly this and mm. you're right this is the reason why they do it you know so the analysis of human behavior in the original is mm-hmm. awesome and um uh, but a couple of days ago uh, a neighbor of mine mm-hmm. who writes a lot of you know stories he's like a radio person he has oh, a lot cool. of f- people on facebook that follow mm-hmm. him like thousands of people and um he also wrote an observation where his dog sometimes uh comes ho- he comes home mm-hmm. and then his dog does a very weird neutral behavior so the dog is for example will eat some food I'm just going to write, you know, explain what he wrote, <laughs> okay. but it's such an interesting observation. Yeah. So he, he basically says, yeah, sometimes I come home and the dog is basically ambivalent. Hmm. Some, it, the dog wants to, it's like, oh, you've been away for a long time. I don't want to go towards you, mm-hmm. but I'm also happy to see you. Yeah. And then the dog is ambivalent to two di- divergent behaviors hmm. and it will do a third neutral behavior, <laughs> eating food, hmm. because then it will calm down. Hmm. because it has these two conflicting things and it just does something else. And he's like, yeah, and I saw saw my dog do this. And then he says, but actually, then I realized I sometimes do this because I have a task. I can do something very fun. I can do something that's really annoying. And I end up doing neither, but I do like a third very neutral task. (laughs) And I I just wrote him. I said, this is such an insightful thing that you just said. This is like something that, you know, if a colleague would say it, it would be like, wow. That's interesting. So, you know, if you hang out with normal people, uh, they will just have great observations sometimes. They can also do it. Yeah. So, yeah. So socializing is good. A good thing. I I, do agree. 
Absolutely. But speaking of social, he also does mention something that you see a lot more in our field, at least, Mm -hmm. which might be like an artifact of just how the the field came to be. But he's like, the one thing you can do to really get them to not do anything useful is to try to get them to do work that is socially relevant. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this section is also (laughs) so good. I mean, but this is a section I actually disagreed with. Ah, I'm just going to... Interesting. Yeah. 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 Say more. I disagreed with this. Mm -hmm. Well, so in this part, he basically explains somebody like Euclid was working on very basic stuff like geometry or something like this. And Mm -hmm. he, he says, this is actually great that he did this. This was extremely productive. It was even better. He, I think he jokes somewhere that the sophists were trying to get Euclid to focus on curing leprosy. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, damn it, but he didn't go for it. And then he says, but actually, but actually, this was a good thing. I mean, so this was a smart move on Euclid's part because he invented lenses. What he did led to the invention of lenses, mm-hmm. which led to the invention of microscopes, yeah. which led to the germ theory. Mm-hmm. And that had way more health consequences uh, than curing leprosy yeah. or, you know, trying to work on leprosy. And this, but this was a point where I was like, yeah, no, no, I, I don't, I don't agree with this. Well, but I do agree with the idea that you should not, if, if where your curiosity lies is basic research, then I mm-hmm. don't think you should try to like shoehorn into it. Like, but how can we make it socially relevant and how can we make it into it? Right. I think there's value in Fair. doing stuff that might not have any relation to anything, you know. Fair That's, enough. I have no problem with this right. observation. This yeah. is fine. Yeah. 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 So I think I think that's that's all he's saying. He's saying that if yeah. you're if you're pushing people to be like, oh, but how can I make this socially relevant and, you know, help as many people as I can? I mean, of course, if that's naturally where your interests lie, I think that is great. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. everybody should not be forced to do like we should not discount research that has no obvious connection to any, you know, direct application to the world. Because I think those yeah. research are also important, right? If you're studying some w- weird artifact of memory and stuff, right? Like that might, we might not even know how it might end up helping people. It's still valuable. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to just build a corpus of knowledge. And that's fine that that doesn't have any direct applications right now, right? I think, well, I think it's fine. But there are a couple of problems I had, at least with this example. So the first, he is not really pitting theory building against practical research he's actually pitting engineering against applied research in psychology or something because these lenses and germ, stuff, germ theory is not germ theory in the end not but basically euclid was you know leading to the invention of some lenses or something but so I, I mean think, but statistics is also technology daniel sure maybe right yes, like if you're okay. working on statistical models that would end up being useful for somebody else doing some yeah. research and no, right? in that sense yeah. it's indirect you know you're doing something right. that will have an indirect effect i agree but but anyway i think that's a bit of a difference so you know tinkering around with engineering it it really has a bit more of a practical goal it's pretty rare that you know you start to work with lenses and you very quickly see hey wait but this has some stuff anyway anyway so yeah. i think this is not so independent from uh, practical applications as you might think. Mm. But then the second thing is um, that often applied research is v- requires a huge amount of creativity. So I think the whole dichotomous point here is just not, it doesn't work out for me. 
So if you do applied research, if you try to fix leprosy, I think, Wait. why wouldn't that work? Hmm? Oh, I guess, but I guess he's not saying that you wouldn't be creative if you were doing applied work. That's not what I got out from it. I think he's just saying people would be less likely to do creative work if they're trying actively to do work that would be socially relevant. Okay, so you're saying that he, his main point here is that some people should do theoretical work instead of applied work. Yeah. That's it. So it's not like the overall superiority of theoretical no, work. No, I don't think so. But it's more so. that some people are trying to do yeah. real practical stuff, but they, they actually should have done more theoretical yeah. stuff. I, that's mm. that's what I that's what I get from it. Yeah. No, I I I looked at the text. I think you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> As usual. Not so yeah. Mm -hmm. Not so dichotomous. <laughs> no, I I really thought he was pitting the one against the other in general, and that basic theoretical creative work, you know, detached from practical applications, was better. But I think you are right that it's probably not that extreme. Right. And yeah, at this point, he does mention in the context of oh, different times call for different approaches. True. To, True. to right? Like he's like in the 60s, we would have gained, you know, a lot more traction in like what we were trying to do by putting people to do work in the 60s and just stuff that seemed socially relevant. Um, mm. So I don't think he's saying that applied work is secondary to basic research. I just think that he's saying that in some contexts or in different times we could have. Yeah. And I guess it's true. Yeah. So sometimes people can get distracted by wanting to fix things yeah. in the world, but they should actually build a theory that then fixes a lot of other things for many more. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, it is an interesting thing to think about, you know, uh, can you do something that is more fundamental and then has bigger impact? Yeah. Um, and, and then the tempter is trying to draw people away from this by just saying, but look at this tiny real uh, injustice that's going on over here. Maybe you can just fix this here. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and he has this quote, of course, that is a little bit overused, but I guess, you know, there's nothing so practical as a good theory. Right. Kurt Lewin. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I get the point. So you can tempt people away from doing useful stuff. Uh, and probably in other times, maybe um, practical work is really what people should be doing, but you can tempt them away by playing, uh, you know, puzzle, puzzle solving stuff. And I have the feeling <laughs> yeah. maybe we're doing this more. So I feel nowadays we're probably tempting people a little maybe. bit away with, look, look what a fun puzzle. And then you look, yeah, but look, there's real shit going on. In the Although, world. but just, I mean, but a lot of people are this? trying to do solve a lot of problems. True. Although I will say it is, I do think that in disciplines like ours, where there's a lot of basic research that still needs to get done before you can start applying things well, Right? Yeah. There's a lot of things mm -hmm. we don't understand well enough to change them. And so yeah. maybe there is maybe. more need of doing basic research, right? You, before you can build before you can build microscopes yeah, and maybe. telescopes, you need to understand yeah. a lot more things about glass and stuff. So maybe I find this one of the most difficult things to predict. Mm, yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, don't yeah know. we don't know. We won't because find out. Because you can also have yeah. sort of the engineering mindset that I'm uh, you know, have people around me that, that they're like just go and try to fix some stuff and we'll see how far yeah. we get so but these are two you know divergent approaches they might both work maybe one of them works better than the other they might both work i have no idea right. what the balance yeah. should be but i yeah. get the point yeah you know. but this section has my favorite sentence in mm -hmm. the whole article okay. which is uh, your opinion here is as mistaken as it is unwelcome <laughs> <laughs> which is something yeah. I'm going to use as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs>
This is your just new excellent. Uh, That's gonna be on home. my T-shirt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just gonna be your signing thing under your right. emails. You know, you yeah. finally have something to put there. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Oh, it's yeah, I, I also had a, a, fa- a favorite thing. So we already mentioned that a couple of people are um, mentioned mm-hmm. in the text, basically. Um, there's one where uh, actually Daryl Bem is used as an example. Yes, right? yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of somebody that they thought they were doing a good job getting them away from mm-hmm. uh, physics. Yeah. So uh, they thought, oh dear, he might have a successful career in physics. Let's draw him away into psychology. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the point is sort of like, yeah, and then he actually did very good work in psychology. But if now, Maybe. if these people were alive, they would realize that that was actually pretty good, <laughs> pretty good for their purposes, right? Get, getting Daryl Blam into psychology, maybe. right? I mean, if yeah, your goal is yeah. to just ruin everything, then yeah. Yeah, 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 maybe, maybe. I don't know, actually. I'm, you know, an expert on all this work. I think some things are more salient now where, yeah, you could even say that um, I think his own view would be that uh, starting the replication crisis was also a very big contribution. Oh. So in that sense, uh, you know, <laughs> well, you could even justify point, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Bem, Bem is one of the people mentioned, but the other, I like this uh, a lot as well because I'm a big fan of Amos Tversky mm-hmm, himself. Mm-hmm. I really think he is maybe, be, I don't know, maybe if we want to rank like geniuses in yeah. the field, he would be in my top three, definitely. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe on the first place, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then they write like, always remember that few psychologists spend more time just sitting around and talking with people. Again, you have contact with normal people. That's the section. Then Amos Tversky. Yeah. I'm sorry to mention his name. The topic is as painful to me <laughs> as it is to you. Yeah. <laughs> but we can learn much from anecdotal reminders yeah. about our worst failures. Yeah. I think it's so nice that he points out that, yeah, this right. is such a person who did so much good stuff. This is just our biggest failure. Like, he yeah. did so much creative stuff. And it's true, right? I mean, Tversky was so creative. It's amazing. Like, basically starting the field of sort of mathematical psychology yeah. single-handedly almost. And then doing all this work with Kahneman on heuristics. And amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And it's something that I sort of knew must be true on some level that right that the real benefit of being in an academic environment is that you get to talk to other really smart people Mm -hmm. and discuss Mm -hmm. ideas Mm -hmm. and bounce it right because I mean, even that's why I love doing this podcast, right? It's because it's a lot of right. the, the, The discussions we can have together are so yeah. much richer than something I could do sitting by myself reading through it's something. A good, it's right? a very good example. And yeah. I mean, I was I just visited um, uh, another city and I, I talked to some people there. Mm-hmm. And then I was, you know, we were having drinks in the evening and we were having all sorts of discussions about yeah. all sorts of stuff. Uh-huh. And like four times I said, yeah, so as we discussed in this <laughs> podcast, and I'm like, I, I'm really sorry that I'm bringing up the, I'm not advertising our podcast, but it just happens to be that there's so many interesting things that come that up in out this of podcast. It. Yeah. By talking to somebody. And of course, we also read a bit, but then we discuss it. Yeah. And there's so many ideas that come up. Yeah, I have to say that um, basically this podcast is the best thing for oh, creativity. Yeah, I, I, I would so. totally agree. It's so fun to be. Yeah. And, and I do think that, right, it's so much better. And even now, as we were talking about this one point and you were like, oh, I read it like this. And I'm like, no, I read it like that, yeah. right? We get to a deeper understanding of things if we're able to talk through them together. Yeah. And that's why it yeah. really made me sad during graduate school. Like, I remember in the first year, I, for some reason, was like, yeah, the first thing you should do if you go to grad school is just develop social relationships. Or start a podcast. Or start, start a, a podcast. <laughs> that's my new advice. Everybody, I'm just uh, like, start a, start a podcast. Everybody should <laughs> Which I did yeah. in my second year. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was also very, very wonderful. That's how we met, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, because I think it's like you want to build those connections 
with people so that you can, you know, you bounce your ideas off of them. They bounce yeah. your ideas off of them. It is just yeah. so much better than sitting alone thinking you'll just like work on stuff by yourself. To me, that yeah. just seemed like the most rational thing to do is just like spend yeah. the first semester or, or, or two just like building a network of friends and colleagues that yeah. uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's 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 good to do. And I think, yeah. uh, but really the podcast, because what, what are the other things we do? Like, for example, Journal Club. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. you did a lot yes. of Journal Club and yeah. it's good. Still do. But a yeah. Journal Club mm -hmm. has this slightly critical kind of negative. It's not for, I mean, maybe mm -hmm. you learn stuff. It's good. But it, it has a little bit more, yeah. in my experience, focus on the critical thing. Yeah. Whereas I feel in this podcast, we never shoot down a paper. I mean, we That's pick true. nice papers, but we never really, I mean, sometimes we disagree a little bit, sure. But um, yeah, a lot of the time you just discuss these ideas, yeah. you reflect on them. And I think that's a very nice way to be creative and yeah. come up with new ideas as you do this. Yeah, I agree. But in the journal club that I still attend and did attend mm -hmm. since the beginning, I tried to be that person who would defend the authors, right? Or defend mm, the theory. Mm, so I'm like, yeah, mm. people are too critical, but somebody needs to be there to stand up for the like, no, their theory is actually kind of logical. And, you know, there's these things that are good. I think I've become mm. more cynical <laughs> after <laughs> many, many years of it. But I, I yeah. think you're right. They yeah. can be quite critical, but I, it's, it's good to have. Yeah, the things, general thing of just interaction, discussion, and talking. And dis I completely yeah, agree. Right, I completely right. agree. I mean, it's so important. And again, as well, I was again visiting uh, another place for a couple of yeah. days, and and I had meetings with people. I had all the time drinks with people, discuss stuff, and so useful for yeah, creativity. Yeah, really and so good. useful also for understanding, right? Because sometimes you realize that you might not have understood what the authors were trying to say or you didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Or somebody yeah, else yeah. is mistaken oh, yeah, about something. Course. So you can, so I don't, it's not just that we're discussing yeah. the paper. It's also, I think, sometimes think of it as sort of a shared under like everybody's sharing what they know about the paper and then we all are yeah. like, oh, is that what they did? Is that what they said? And so, yeah. for example, we have people in the journal club that come like some of us focus like we will we really like theory so we'll read the the introduction parts really carefully and other people don't even read the introduction and we have other people mm -hmm. who focus really on the yeah, focus yeah. really on the methods we have other people who will go through the pre-registration and the supplements right so it's like everybody brings a little piece of you know the mm -hmm. knowledge like we do right you read something i read something and we bring in we discuss it together so i think yeah yeah, yeah this is probably yeah i agree with you one of the best pieces of advice is just talk yeah. to people you know yeah, interact, and uh, that's a great source of creativity yeah. and fun, you know, and a lot of fun. And I like it's talking. Fun. Talking is fun. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's the the most fun thing we do, and um, yeah. yeah, should make more time for it. Like absolutely, it. absolutely. The other thing that we, I think, both would agree with, but there, but he also mm. gives the both sides of it is teaching. Oh yeah, because mm -hmm. he talks mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. well, you can also get him to either not teach at all, or when when he does mm -hmm. it, do it begrudgingly, mm -hmm. so not really because because he says correctly, I think that explaining your ideas to other people and explaining it, especially undergrads, and explaining yeah. it in a way that is sort of put put it in context. Why is this important? Why is this relevant? Why do why we need is to this study important? it? That question. That question is the question during good teaching. Uh, not even why is this important, but even. Why should you spend two right. hours listening, listening to, to me <laughs> talk about this? Yeah. And you have you better have a good answer. And then if you think, why is that actually? Then you're like, okay, wait, but maybe and that 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 sort of process is super yeah. useful. And yeah. could generate new ideas. But then he also mentions mm. the other side where if you focus too much on it, 
and you're obsessing over minutia that nobody else will care about and you're tweaking your slides so they're yes. perfect. And I will I will definitely fall into those traps. I will go into like yeah. little things, little technical, like oh, then the website things yeah. need to be this way and that way and the slides need to be this way and that. So I do think yeah. he's probably right that you should avoid getting so hung up about the little details that you're not focusing on what's like keep, keeping a big, yeah. bigger picture in mind. Um, so there's both sides to it. What do you what do you think? Yeah. Can you do it yeah, to overdo yeah. it? Yeah, you can totally over prepare and overdo it. And um, uh, but I think it's also completely normal. That's the thing. Yeah. And I think a text like this helps you to recognize this behavior, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's just a solid observation. This right. is something that everybody has done somewhere. Right. You're like, okay, is this the best thing to do? I'm getting the most of it. Maybe not. And then you can promote a bit more. Yeah, of a, again, a middle way, I think. That's what the paper is trying to do. A middle mm -hmm. way between the two extremes that is beneficial for creativity. And But I'm a big fan of um, teaching. And I think, um, I mean, in general, but also to support your thinking about things. And mm -hmm. as I teach, I love to do it in my research field, like thinking about how to do better research. As I teach it, people yeah. tell me about their problems. I think about their problems. I think, oh, wow, you're right. This is really important. I mean, it is a source of input. Uh, as well and uh, very great yeah good yeah and students will ask really interesting questions right they push your like and they well first they push you to explain things well and so you you make sure you have to make sure that you understand things well enough to be able to explain it to somebody that has no context for it but also they'll yeah. often ask really interesting questions that get you to really think and i think it's just so fun to interact with um, I recently yeah. gave a lecture in an intro psych class. So much fun. It was just so, mm. so exciting and so fun to just like talk about look for like an hour and a half with students about things that I'm interested in. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course, that's the critical thing. So it's always important if you become a staff member, for yeah. example, like one of the things that's most important is being very proactive about what you teach. Mm. So if you can wiggle your way mm -hmm. into the courses that you really love, then you are teaching the things that you care about and want to work on anyway. And then you get this benefit. Right. Yeah. If you have to teach a course that you don't have any passion with or yeah. you don't do research about it, then the ben those benefits are less. It can yeah. still happen. Sometimes somebody has to teach something, right? So you can't get um, away with it completely but if you can match them mm -hmm. uh, that's the best of both worlds I yeah think. yeah so the last thing he mentions is like the last ditch effort once he's already faculty mm -hmm. member yeah <laughs> is that you can try to get him to think that he just did all of it for the tenure yeah which yeah, i thought yeah. was such an interesting point like you get people to think that oh you're only doing it for the external incentive it's almost like the undermining effect right yeah, yeah. where it's yeah, like you actually yeah. didn't do it because you care about any of it you're just which i which i sometimes think about in the sense that like we could be accused of oh you're just doing this podcast because you're trying to i, I don't know what nothing is happening we're not getting anything out of it but you could be like oh you're just trying to I already have tenure so. <laughs> i already have tenure yeah, well, well i don't <laughs> and this is not gonna yeah, get me yeah. any closer to tenure so this is not even you never know you never know but yeah 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 um, maybe they will start considering podcasts as publications and then then i'll be like yeah look at me i have like a whole catalog of <laughs> yeah of output yeah well you never know how things work out so i mean you know there it, it could just be as simple as somebody listens and thinks oh this is great and somebody oh, who yeah. works on this that's the person i want as a colleague so i hope you know who knows but um i think it's an interesting thing where you take away like what are you doing this for and this process does work uh, like you this, think, so? I think yeah mm -hmm. I think there is a switch between an intrinsic drive yeah. that can switch over into a sort of purely extrinsic mm -hmm. motivation for doing a certain research. And that's the moment where you should stop. Right. I mean, even with 
the tenure thing. So, okay, you did it all for tenure. But I think there's just a point where you did things because you were very interested in them. Mm -hmm. But then you do them because this is the easiest way for you to get papers published, you know? Yeah. And and at that moment, you that's probably not good for your creativity. So it's probably better not to do this. I mean, um, in my case, like yesterday, I got an email from somebody who says, hey, we really like your paper on this topic. And we really need a paper like this for our field as well. So we thought, you know, maybe you want to join us. And I get this sometimes, a couple of times a year, I guess. And I always decline. I'm like, no, I already wrote that paper. It's not good for me to write the same paper again. Hmm. So, I mean, you take whatever you take from my paper, go do it. And, you know, I'll give some feedback on your paper, but I'm not authoring the same paper again. I never do this, even though it will probably be, you know, if the first one is cited like 500 times, then this would be cited enough to increase my age index. <laughs> but I don't, yeah. I don't want to do the same thing again. So, uh, but if I just was, you know, interested in uh, increasing my metrics, this would be a very sensible thing to do, of course. But I think it really undermines your creativity if you get to a point where you let yourself be... Driven by those metrics. Driven by those metrics and start to work towards those metrics instead of what you found interesting to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do believe sort of <laughs> in the undermining of... I can't tell if it's because I studied psychology since very early on or because I actually think that... that mm -hmm. But I mean... You have mentioned sort of monetizing the podcast at some point, which I mean, you don't need it. I could use it. But it, to me, it really is this thing of like, but if I start doing it for money, I will think of it as something that, you know, like a product. Yeah, I didn't propose it as a thing to do. Huh? I mean, we're getting all these emails from our podcast uh, host saying, hey, oh, you know, you our, can use our, our service to monetize it. I did. I never said like, oh, now we're going to monetize our podcast. I mean... Uh, yeah. Like, I, I yeah. like the fact that we're doing it because we enjoy it and we, we, yeah. we're we doing it because it's fun for us and because we're doing things that are interesting to us instead of then thinking of it like a product where we're sort of yeah. beholden to people who are paying to listen. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe, you know, because we are basically untenured podcasters, we're just like, you know, doing <laughs> yeah. it for fun still. And no, but, you know? no, and no, but nobody can blame, but, but nobody can say, oh, they're just doing it for the money or they're just doing we, it for No, but we will revisit this around podcast episode 110. Yeah, maybe. Whether we are still like, oh, and then we're just browsing through the <laughs> library. Like, okay, is there an old paper we can talk about? No, I can't find anything. Oh, yeah. well. And then maybe people should pay us because then otherwise we're not motivated anymore. No, then we will just quit. I mean, then we'll have it. Right. I don't think, but yeah, you're right. But I think in general, this is, um, uh, it's a risk. It's a real risk, you know? So if you can convince people that they do it just for tenure, then. Uh, if if yeah. people convince you that you actually had an extrinsic motivation when you actually, when you did have an intrinsic motivation. Yeah. But this in itself is, I think, a super interesting question. So why do you do a certain research topic, right? Why do you study it? Why are you working on this? Is this still because you think it is the interesting thing to do or has it switched from this just happens to be the thing I do? This is just where my reputation is at. And yeah. Or for some people, I mean, some people follow, do follow sort of the money, right? Like where are, which are the grants coming out for, right? Let's tweak our research yeah. to follow what, whatever the funding is coming for or, you know, or this, this is work is, yeah, like COVID. Yeah. But he mentioned this as well, like do the most fashionable thing and not what you actually think is interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can get pulled away from stuff that uh, is really the thing that you find it really interesting to do, mm -hmm. um, which is good as the tempter. So that's, again, next time that you're doing a research study, you're like, okay, why am I really doing this? I'm <laughs> yeah. being tempted away by the tempter for some reason, or is this <laughs> yeah. really the good thing to do? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like if you are doing it just for just for getting publications versus things that you're actually interested in or yeah. 
things that would be beneficial for and even that might be better than stuff that's just getting that you're doing just yeah. to get publications which um again one of the other my i mean this this is just full of gems this article so i'm so <laughs> glad we're talking about it but another favorite quote of mine academic decision makers count notably better than they read um, <laughs> yeah, right yeah, 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 and this yeah. is i'm like yeah such a great point right published yeah, and perished yeah. there are so so many people are probably just focused on the number yeah. of publications versus the quality yeah yeah but in that sense i mean so yeah it has a lot of these gems but again this whole format of having this tempter this perspective and then reading this and again i would recommend people to read the original screw tape letters and then you just have this sort of devil on your shoulder <laughs> saying all this stuff and it just makes you aware of every time you're like oh wait but is this really or am i just being tempted away by my little devil here so it's really good to read this and just <laughs> yeah have the awareness of uh, is this the is this my little devil <laughs> talking here or is this really what i'm supposed to do is this the right thing to do or is this i'm being tempted away and, and lovely i mean you should really read it because you, you just have this internal monologue of the the little tempter in your mind all the time super useful it's like you remember that old sort of trope of like on one shoulder you have the devil yeah. on one shoulder you have the mm -hmm. angel mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so the tempter yeah. can yeah. be on one side and yeah we can be the little angels on the other side very good we'll do it <laughs> <laughs> scientific integrity yeah <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean uh in many ways i think we try to do this we, we do we do it we are we are we are the opposite of I'm, the you know that's what i'm saying i mean and and nisbet is the opposite of course right. because in the end he's using the whole right, right. thing to say yeah you know actually think about the other side so he's also doing this yeah. but yeah no it, it is good very yeah. good thank you for listening to this episode of nullius in verba our theme song is newton's cradle by grand brothers if you have any thoughts, feedback, or comments you'd like to share, you can reach us over email at nulliusinverbapod at gmail.com or our social media accounts at Mastodon or Twitter. In the last two episodes, we discussed the numerous topics that came up in the anti-creativity letters and whether we agree with an established authority on things that help versus hinder creativity in psychological science. In the next episode, we'll discuss whether we should even listen to those who have been in science longer than us. In other words, how much should we revere authority? We hope you will join us. <laughs> <laughs>